More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Going Green is brought to you by Koskin Corva Vodka, a huge friend of ours. We love what they're doing. Koskin Corva Vodka is a sustainable vodka made honestly. It's vegan and gluten-free. The vodka is named after the village in Finland, Koskin Corva, where real farmers harvest the world's northernmost barley and unfiltered spring waters to make a vodka of true integrity. Here's my favorite part. Not only do I love drinking, responsibly of course, the Koskin Corva plant has a 99.9% .9 recycling rate. And don't worry, back in the village, they're still working on that 0.01% and was the first spirit to win the Green Company of the Year Award. Now our goal is to bring Koskin Corva from the Scandinavian European world out to the American land where we all love to have a good drink here and there. So check out Koskin Corva Vodka, support them. We love a good sustainable company. So give them a little bit of love. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. Going Green is brought to you by Dylan Welch Media, a full-service digital media and marketing company. Our clients hire us to help them with a plethora of digital media and marketing services. We offer video production, podcast production, social media management, website development, PR services, um, and what we do is we package it all into one monthly package so that we essentially handle all of your digital media and marketing components to help you build your business, get more clients, get your brand out there, get in front of potential investors. So if you're interested in working with us, reach out to us. Dylan at DylanWelch.com is the best way to get connected. Again, that's Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, at D-Y-L-A-N-W-E-L-C-H.com. Send us an email and we'll get things started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Going Green. As always, our goal is to bring you really fascinating, interesting people who kind of align with our goals at Going Green. And um, it's hard to find someone more involved and more aligned with us than the founder of Going True Green, Bill Lauto, an environmental scientist. Uh, Bill, been trying to get you on the show for a while now, so I'm excited to have you on and learn more about what you're working on. So first off, thanks for being here today. You're welcome, and thank you for uh, inviting me. Appreciate it. So let's kind of dive right into it. What is, what is Going True Green, and how did it come about? Okay, it took quite a turn two times. We originally started off as a light bulb hotline uh, to answer questions on energy-saving light bulbs after I was the environmental and energy consultant to the Earth Day Committee on the 20th anniversary in 1990 and that was based in New York City. So we were providing information to the public, and uh, once the uh, web developed by 1995, we had a website, and it was the Energy um, Light Bulb Hotline, and that then changed into Energy Hotwire, and that changed into Going True Green. So we're definitely been growing over the years, and the educational information has definitely been growing. And so now, I mean, it's it's fascinating to kind of hear the growth of that. Even you just, you know, getting the website up in, you know, the mid-90s shows that you're kind of on the forefront of things, which now seems so like 
you know, basic and a no brainer. But back then, you know, having a website can really, you know, separate yourselves from someone who doesn't. Uh, so what are you doing now on a day-to-day basis with Going True Green? Well, today, mostly I'm uh, doing talks at universities and uh, corporations, organizations, uh, speaking about different topics that they're interested in, all falling under sustainability. Uh, for businesses, we do energy audits. Uh, we consult with homeowners. Uh, we answer questions online through email, through our website. And uh, we have a blog. I write a blog at least twice a month. And uh, we are constantly putting out information to try to delete the misinformation that's out there. So it is a problem. Unfortunately, you, well, the public, all of us receive a narrative and it has reasons behind it and a lot of information is left out. So you find a lot of sources talking about the environment lying through the process of omission. So it's funny, it's interesting you say that because you mentioned, you know, having a website up in the 90s and back then that was, wasn't as common of a thing. Now we're facing a, a huge problem where there's so much misinformation out there. What are some common things that you hear because you're an envir- environmental scientist, you've been in this for, you know, a long time. What are some key misinformation things that are out there? And then what's something that we can all kind of keep an eye out for and focus more on the facts when we do come across that? Okay. Yeah, that's a multi-answering question. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Putting you on the spot here a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of levels to that. Um, for all of us, the constant uh, delivery of information through the media is probably the number one source for misinformation. Uh, I hate to be uh, uh, cynical, but the bottom line is they're there for ratings. They are selling newspapers or web feeds for a reason, to make money. And uh, they'll go with anything that's going to get the attention of the masses. So they'll take some information and run with it in order to be able to do multiple specials on it. And at the end, they all end the same. We may never know. The facts are very low. The solutions are virtually non-existing. And all you hear is complaints. So that is one of the main problems with the misinformation. Uh, I, I can't blame someone who's in the media. And then, then uh, now, please don't get me wrong. I don't mean everybody. But you have people that are doing it strictly for the ratings. Uh, and it's a business. So you, you want to read scientific uh, reports, scientific journals, and okay, now you're getting the facts. But that's boring. It puts people to sleep. So I try to take those facts, decipher them, and present them in a more exciting and educational way that could tell people, hey, you could do this too. And if we all do it, we're not going to have serious problems because we are the solution, each and every one of us. Exactly. And, you know, being someone who works in the media industry, owning a media company, I feel like I'll defend myself in a little bit because you do bring up a huge point. I worked in the television industry for about five to 10 years. And that's all it is. You create content that gets people riled up. They come back, they click more so that ultimately 
you know, that those companies can get more money from advertisers and sponsors. And I left that industry because it was so fake and there was very little real information going out there. And I wanted to use my background in media production to create content around something that's educational and can help people. And that's how sustainability came about. And the reason why we chose sustainability and renewable energy was because exactly what you said, I just wanted to get more involved. I wanted to be more environmentally friendly. And when I started researching myself, there's so much information out there. It's really hard to kind of figure out what's factual and what's, what's not. Um, so that's why we started going green was so that we could, from a very neutral standpoint from just, Hey, I'm an average person. Let's talk to scientists. Let's talk to leaders in the industry and just get down to the bare facts. So what you're doing is really helpful. Um, and that's our goal too, is to highlight people like you and put a spotlight on you so that we can get that information out there. Um, I always like to ask, you know, what's kind of one action item that you think would have the most impact if the if every single person on the planet made a little bit of a difference to their lives because i don't think you know every single person is going to go off the grid and you know buy an electric car right away or you know totally reduce single use plastics it's it's not possible for every person to do that but what's one change that one person could make to their life that if everyone did that would have a, a profound impact on our world all right, the, um, there is no one change, sadly. But what a person can do as an individual is collect all the facts, get the complete picture on the various things that they believe they could do, and then do what's within their own budget of time and money. So that will add up and make the difference. Uh, for example, I'm net zero. I don't have an electric bill. The power company pays me. I make more than what I consume. But what I went through to be able to make the changes over two decades is a very important step. You can't do everything overnight, but I did a little bit in every area that I could, made my house energy efficient, and then when I went with solar, the power company is now paying me. But the thing is, even with solar, I had seven companies come in and out of the seven, five are out of business. And the one that I went with is still working with me and everything is going great. To sum it up on how it went, the sales rep said, when I finally signed the paper for, with them, she said, uh, you had a lot of questions, but I had the feeling you already knew the answers. Is that true? And I said, for most of them, yes. And I've been testing you because of all the misinformation out there. So it's a lot of hard work, but for people, if there's anything that you could do, the one thing to do that's really gonna make a difference, spend the time to collect all the facts and all the data, and that will make the difference. There, you're gonna do what you can do, and that's gonna be great, but you have to do it right. I could give you plenty of other examples. <laughs> perfect. Honestly, that's the perfect answer. Um, and we write a lot of articles about basically saying, you know, not everyone can start their own electric vehicle company. Not everyone can even afford solar panels. Some people rent their house and that's not possible. So right. educating yourself about, you know, what you can do on an individual level 
is, is the best thing you can do. I mean, some right. people can't afford to invest anything, but there's still ways that, you know, you can help out a little bit, even for free. Um, so so even if you're growing food on your windowsill or on the roof of your apartment, whatever the case may be, I don't have a, a lot of property, but I do grow as much as I can. And if everybody started growing some food, what a difference that would make in the world. We would be able to have more than enough food for everybody that doesn't have any. Exactly. What's, how did, like, what is your background? How did you become so passionate about environmental science and sustainability? I was uh, probably about 10 years old and I saw a commercial on TV. It was an actor playing a Native American coming down a river in a canoe. The music was playing and he started to paddle through litter in the water and then the smokestacks in the background. And he stepped up onto the uh, roadside and someone threw a bag of litter out the car window and onto his feet. He turned to the camera and one tear came down his face. That was it. And what was the commercial? Pollution. Only you can stop it. Mm -hmm. So that started it. And from there, then um, in high school, I picked uh, the environment as a topic to write a, a paper on. And uh, I talk about it a little bit in my preface for my blog. And uh, then I took environmental science uh, when I went to uh, college and on from there. <clears throat> um, so it was that commercial. It's, it's interesting because we kind of blasted the media a little bit before this with all the fake information. And, and this is why I actually got into the media industry was because there's pros and cons to it. There's cons in the sense that there's so much in false information out there, especially now in the internet digital age. And yeah, there's, there's cons too. You, if, it depends on where you look because you can find good information. You can find role models. You can educate yourself. And we're looking back one commercial, which you saw on television changed your entire world. And now you're making a difference. So that's why I got into the media industry was because I realized you can have a profound impact on a lot of people with one commercial or one piece of content. And it really comes down to the people, you know, and it's a lot of responsibility. I feel on my end, I could easily have worked, you know, in the television industry on a reality TV show and probably made more money than I do now, but I chose to, go a route that I feel, you know, proud to work in and hopefully it has an impact um, on a lot of people. So that actually gives me hope knowing that, you know, maybe right now there's a 10 year old out there who sees this podcast or reads an article from Going Green and says, hey, I want to go down this, this route. So that's, that gives me hope. I appreciate that. And so where do you kind of see, you know, sort of the future of all of this? Are you feeling pretty optimistic about it? pessimistic what can we you know what can we kind of look towards from your your experience well i i do have a positive outlook i um i am concerned about the young students out there today because uh, they are fearful i've done talks to uh, groups of students in high school and i can't tell you how the hands going up uh, has increased over the years for being fearful of what tomorrow will bring. And I tell them, don't let the predictions scare you because that's what they are. 
And just like predicting the weather, it's based on the information we have now and as if it continues in the same rate it has as of now. Everything changes all the time. Everything's connected. The environment, us, everything is connected in so much detail. There's no way we can know all the information. And when someone says we're doomed, that's based on a narrative and based on facts at the moment. When someone says, oh, there isn't anything to worry about because everything's going to come up roses, same thing. It's just based on what they're looking at at that time. When you look at the complete picture, I see humankind as intelligent and capable of making the difference on our own where we will not have serious problems. But I see us as the solution. I do not put my faith in any politician, any government, any celebrity, any organization. It's not the answer. They're not going to come through and be the superhero for us. Each one of us is the superhero. And we got to do it by first educating ourselves. Seriously, that, that's, that's really true. Okay, so this is kind of like a hypothetical question I want to throw your way. What in an ideal world would have the most impact? You know, would it be countries taking the initiative? Would it be giant corporations taking the initiative? And then again, ideal situation, obviously it's not going to happen overnight. And then what could the average person do to kind of push that in the right direction? Okay, let's, um, let's take the fashion industry. Not that I want to get them upset or anything, but you know, they're talking a great deal about being sustainable lately. Are they going to make serious changes on their own? Some, um, but not until all of us start to make a change. Right now, everything I'm wearing is 100% cotton. There's no polyester, there's no plastic in my clothes, my socks, cotton. What's being held up is rubber. It, it, it's not even the elastic bands in regular socks, which is plastic too. So this is something where if we start to say, I want clothes made of cotton, or, or I'll buy a wool sweater instead of a, a plastic, one filled with plastic, then the industry is gonna start making changes. Because when you start looking at the studies and you read the boring stuff, you find out that every single wash load that we do in our washing machines, over 700,000 microscopic plastic particles go out with the water. What is that doing to our environment? And I'll tell you the reports and the studies I've seen, that scares me more than worrying about the level of CO2. Wow. So there we could start making the difference by just looking at the clothes we wear. Do you think um, there's the CO2 in the atmosphere is less of an issue than the plastic pollutants that are ending up basically in our oceans? I can't answer that. We don't have all the facts. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. And nobody can tell you that. They're just going for 15 minutes of fame if they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, the levels are going to change in different parts of the world. Like I said, everything is interconnected, but yet it's, it's not an individual environment. So uh, what happens here is not going to be happening halfway around the world. So we have to address things specifically to where we are and what's going on and what we're doing. 
it, it is not going to be a one magic uh, cure all. It's it's we're just fooling ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was the other part of your question? That that was kind of it. And uh, and Bill, I want to you know be mindful of your time and just say thank you for coming on. Like that's this is one of my favorite interviews I've had in a while, just because. I love the honesty and honestly your last answer saying I don't have the, the answers to that just shows, you know, that um, it takes a lot to say that because it's true. You know, a lot of people will be like, Oh, this is the information. And, and again, going back to doing your own research as a person listening to this show or watching or reading um, things change all the time and just kind of stay up to date, stay educated. Um, Bill, first off, thank you for coming on. What's one way, you know, for our listeners and our audience to support you and follow your journey and just kind of stay up to date with what you're working on. Just go to my website, goingtruegreen.com. It's T R U E. It's uh, true green, not a pale shade of green. And uh, it, it has multiple ways to get information and uh, just stay in touch. Any questions specific or not, you could email and we'll get you an answer. So Awesome. Well, Bill, I, I always like the first episode when we have someone on to just kind of touch on the basics or really not even scratching the surface on this. Um, but I would love to have you on again in the future and kind of keep diving a little bit deeper and sort of build off the foundation of, you know, education and information that we built on this episode um, i'll be happy to even if you want to specifically address something like rain barrels collecting water off the roof we could talk about just that you know or a couple of things so anything like that is perfectly fine with me awesome bill thank you seriously so much for taking some time out of your day to come on the show really appreciate it okay no thank you greatly appreciate it this is the only way to get the uh, education out there there we go and everyone listening and watching thank you for tuning in and supporting the show Visit goingtruegreen.com, support Bill as much as you can, and let us know if there's any topics that you'd like Bill and I to discuss the next time he comes on the show, because obviously he's a treasure chest of information. We're just barely scratching the surface, but um, Bill is obviously a great resource when it comes to this information and aligns perfectly with what we're trying to do at Going Green, which is really just getting down to the, the bare information of what we can all do on an individual basis to be a little bit more invent- environmentally friendly, a little bit more sustainable. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next episode of Going Green. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thanks everyone. You're welcome. <laughs>